On January 1st, 2023, as the world was celebrating the dawning of a new year and all the possibilities that it would bring, Conlon and Rachel Bonner awoke to a parent's worst nightmare. Their nine-month-old baby, Joshua, had passed away. In the months since Joshua's passing, the Bonners have shared their witness again and again that this life is not the end and that they know they will see their Joshua again. Conlon Bonner is a member of the performing group, The Bonner Family, who have traveled nationally and internationally, sharing their message of faith and Christ-like love. He worked as a seminary teacher for six years and is now a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant for various municipalities, school districts, and corporations in Utah. Rachel Bonner grew up in Texas and Brazil, the seventh of nine children. She has worked as a music teacher, real estate investor, Portuguese immersion teacher, and senior MTC tutor. She is a proud mother of six children and loves to play games, bake, make crafts, and serve. This is All In, an LDS Living podcast where we ask the question, what does it really mean to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm Morgan Pearson, and I am honored to have Conlon and Rachel Bonner on the line with me today. Conlon and Rachel, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Morgan. Well, I am so honored and feel so lucky to be the one to get to have this conversation with you all. And just, I want to start by saying how much I have appreciated both of you and, and not just in the past four or five months. I I've admired both of you for a long time. And I think as we talk together today, other people will see why they will be amazed by your faith and example, just like I have been. But I wanted to start, this is like a selfish thing, Um, but I wondered if you could tell me, tell us a little bit about your family and specifically, I'd love to know how the two of you met. Mm. (laughs) Ooh, Rachel, Um, take that one. Yes. Yeah. It's a fun, funny thing, you know, because you can both be present in in a, you know, a certain time and yet have different perceptions of how things happen. But <laughs> but we met on January 2nd mm-hmm. of what, 2011? Right? That's right. And anyways, I... <laughs> I'm hoping so, she's right. <laughs> it is. Okay, 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 good. So, and then we met because in my ward, there were, it was a big, you know, singles ward at BYU and there were two relief societies and I had been in one for the fall semester. And then I got called to be relief society president of the other one. Oh, so I didn't know anybody in that one. And it was just after Christmas break, you know, and not many people were back yet, but his sister Yoyo was back. And so I went over, I asked if I could come over and meet her. And so I went over after church and Conlon was there and I made sure he wasn't her boyfriend. And and then I thought I did a really good job of, you know, talking and getting to know Yoyo and also Conlon and a little flirting, but you know, <laughs> and then, um, no, but, anyway. but she, she ended up talking to me more than she talked to well, Yo-Yo. So. That's what Yo-Yo's perception was. But then, <laughs> then afterwards I added them both on Facebook to not be creepy, you know, both of them. <laughs> and then I thought he would get the hint that then he would start talking to me, but he didn't. 
So I waited patiently for a week and then I took matters into my own hands and I reached out to him and they were both in the, the play Hairspray at the Orem Hill Theater at the time. So I asked him how rehearsals were going and he said, they're great. He said, have you seen the movie? And I said, yeah, I have it. We should watch it sometime. And then he got the hand. He's like, oh, so, <laughs> so then he sent me a message and said, hey, let's go out to get frozen yogurt or dinner sometime. Here's my number. Give me a call. And I'm like, are you kidding okay. me? <laughs> Okay. 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 That's in too many details. But anyways, that's how we met. <laughs> yes. It was his sister Yo-Yo and trying to magnify Collins and Facebook. That's yeah. our story. <laughs> and it was actually a quick story. It's a right. A, we yeah. So met in January. Uh, got engaged in less than two months, and uh, and then um, two months later after that we get married. And so from January to May <laughs> was our whole meet and married story. So, yeah. Yeah. And now almost 12 years later, six kids. Yeah. Life is... Is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> we know we've been through so much, you know, which is uh, fascinating and, and experienced so much joy and uh, so much uh, interesting trials, you know, and so... Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we're so grateful that we have each other and we're grateful that mm -hmm. we basically got to know each other well enough to know, to get a sense of of the faith that Rachel that I knew that Ra that I saw that Rachel had she had so much faith and she showed it and and her just the history of her life and her family it was just a a clear <laughs> winner <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I'm like okay um, I need a I need to make sure I'm qualified for her so mm -hmm. that was a that was a cool experience for us yeah. Well, I'll start by saying, Rachel, that that uh, description brings back some some dating memories that <laughs> I don't know if you feel this way. I'm like, you could not pay me <laughs> to go back to that experience. Um, I'm like, what is he thinking? What is you know, what is yeah. happening here? But I also want to say, OK, I have this clear memory in my mind of general conference Last October, I was my husband and I were pulling up to uh, turn on to North Temple. And all of a sudden we see literally the world's cutest family crossing <laughs> the street. And it's like it was like ducks in a row, like all of you guys <laughs> and your kids. And they are just so darling and so precious. And so. I feel like I have this like very special place in my heart just because of that little memory. But I guess to start us off and kind of set the stage for this conversation, I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about Joshua. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. It's amazing how well everyone took to Joshua when he came in. He, he completed the family with the the th three boys, three girls, you know? And so we kind of left that a mystery. Yeah. Um, it, he was a surprise. We oh, wow. Gender, you know, and, and he was our last one. And so everybody was trying to guess what they thought, you know, if he was going to be a boy or a girl. And, and Ben especially really wanted a little brother and he got his little brother, he yeah. got Joshua. And he just, he was so loved and he gave so much love that little boy. You couldn't be around him and not feel loved. He would, he loved anybody and everybody to hold him. He <laughs> just give him a big old smile. Yeah. He was so patient, you know, being the sixth of, we had six kids under nine when he was born and, 
And he's just so patient, right? He's just in his car seat and letting me take care of everybody else's needs, you know, but they're a lot louder and, and more verbal than he was. And he would just sit back and be so, so loving. He's just like, yeah, I'll just wait my turn. And anyways, I just, we just love him. Yeah. So yeah. wonderful. He always had such, uh, such joy in his eyes. And we would, uh, we would constantly say, this is a good baby. You know, like, wow. Like this I one's... I think they all were good babies. They really <laughs> they were. were. We yeah. had all good babies, but he was like, I don't know, and maybe so, just like an added, yeah, add a little bit of heaven. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And it was, yeah, we made, yeah, we said that constantly. <laughs> like, what a good baby, you know? Yeah. And so we felt such, we felt such love from him, but we also felt like it was a gift. He was a gift. Mm -hmm. So uh, blessed to, to be our his family. parents. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, I I want to talk about Joshua and I want to talk about your experience. I as I was preparing for this, I watched the video that you all did for Shauna Edwards with the music video uh Conlon that you were in and one of the things that stood out to me was you talked about the night before and how you guys had just had like the best night with your family. And I feel like that's the thing about things like this is like, we often don't see them coming and we can have the, these like amazing memories and amazing nights. And we just expect that to, to keep going. But it seemed like you all had kind of cherished that day before and so I wondered, as you have dealt with the reality of this situation, um, you said that your family, the next day you woke up, Joshua had passed away, and your family decided to go to church. And you said you immediately turned to the Lord, that there was no hesitation I was amazed that you said you went to church that day. Um, so what is it about the two of you and your nature or preparation that made that your instinctual uh, response in the face of something that you never could have seen coming? Yeah, I, I appreciate that, you know, and I, I look back at some of the experiences of our past, even before that experience moments where you know if it's well we've had we were even scammed at one point you know and and uh and that took us to the lord we've had experiences uh even with church that uh, that required us to rely on his direction and and see the miracles happen uh because of of his direction when i say that i, I served as a bishop Rachel served as Relay Society president multiple times. <laughs> and, uh, and I knew for me, I, I knew that God can make anything better. <laughs> mm -hmm. He can help any circumstance and any hardship and even turn the hardship into a blessing slash an opportunity, mm -hmm. um, for growth. And so, when a moment like this happens, which is the hardest thing that I have ever experienced, I, I knew exactly where to turn. 
I, I've also grew up with my family living on prayer, <laughs> living on a prayer. It was like Bon Jovi. Um, <laughs> but seriously, I feel like I, I don't know any other way to handle hard times or direction other than going to the Lord and finding out what to do next. So when we find out that he is no longer living and there's nothing else that we can do at that moment, yes, it is on our knees. We need prayer. We need to give everyone a blessing to handle this situation. We need more of our Father in heaven and Jesus Christ as uh, than we can ever imagine. And so, yes, we're going to church. Absolutely, because that's that's a that's a way to feel the spirit, renew these covenants, allow us to be in line with him so we can get as much healing and peace that he can offer us at this time. And anyway, so mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's no hardship that won't be harder without Jesus. Whatever you're going through, if you have God in your life, you can get through it. And without him, it's just like you're in an open ocean and there's nothing. <laughs> you're just on your own. Um, yeah, like Colin said, you know, we've had so many experiences together and also individually as we've been growing up that have just God has just shown us time and time again that that He will help us when we turn to Him. And just now as Colin was talking, what came to my mind was a line from Where Can I Turn for Peace? That hymn that says, Who, who can understand? He, only one. And, you know, it's been really eye-opening for us to learn after this experience, so many people that have lost children and and other loved ones, you know, that this is such a crazy grief. And yet how many people have gone through it also? Um, but, you know, they're all different, right? Different circumstances, different relationships, everything like that. But the one person that knows exactly how we're feeling is our Savior because He felt it. And so that's um, that's such a comfort to know that when I feel alone, that I know that I can go to Him, whether it is in prayer or going to church or whatever, you know, how I can feel Him close to me, um, that that's where I need to go. You know, and the Lord has been so good to us. He has been so good uh, with every child that we have uh, been given, with uh, opportunities in in life, with our relationships and our just the many blessings that we can just count. We just know how good the Lord is, mm-hmm. and so there's no there's no blaming Him. There's no doubting Him in any way. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay, Lord, if this is what's happening, what do we do? How do we handle it from here? Mm-hmm. You know, cause, cause you know, better than I, you know, your ways are higher than our ways. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you know, we know that you can make things right. And so how do we get through this? What's the next step? And it's interesting because you never know what you're going, how you're going to react with a situation like this. I had no idea. I, you know, I could wish for strength and, and, and everything, but I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that experience would be like for until, sure. until we went through it. 
And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, here we go. This is where faith this is where faith comes in. And mm-hmm. I'm going to show the Lord where I'm at. And I am so proud of Rachel. I'm proud of my children. I'm proud that the Lord has, has uh, strengthened us and got us through it mm-hmm. to, to where we're not paralyzed by this experience. We are seeing what the Lord would have us do. And can't thank you enough, Morgan, for allowing us to even be here to share this experience, to allow such good to come from it, hopefully, you know, that people will will see that, hey, you know, <laughs> death really isn't the end. The eternal perspective is so needed. And that's exactly what we are living on, this eternal perspective that is uh, allowing us to move forward and to continue to do his work and knowing that we will see our little one again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it is so interesting because yeah, in our little finite understanding, right. Death really is a sad thing. You know, I mean, it's sad because we miss the person, you know, and, and even if we know about the plan of salvation and we know we'll see them again, it's hard to be without them for who knows how long, you know, we're going to be without them. But anyways, I'd read this book after Joshua passed away called The Message. And it was one brother's experience of, you know, a a near-death experience. And and one part just really struck me of how excited everybody was that's already passed on when someone else was coming. And it was, it was a celebration. It wasn't, it's exciting. It's like, wow, you graduated, you're going on to the next step, you know, in in your eternal progression. And, And so that was really helpful to me to kind of almost flip my perspective on its head and, um, and see death really how it, you know, that it's not, it's not a sad thing. It's, it's wow. Joshua did it he did what he needed to do and now he's moving on and that's awesome that's so great doesn't change the the missing him of course but heaven has never looked so sweet <laughs> you know i i cannot wait to get there mm-hmm. i want to make sure i'm living right so that i can get there so that our whole family can get there he is motivation he is <laughs> almost like a guiding light to to hold on tight to our covenants to our to our knowledge of what is right to do our very best and to help others along the way mm-hmm. because yep i i have to i got to get in you know i'll be at the pleading bar and i'll be saying lord please please forgive me <laughs> and i'll be trying to repent along the way but i cannot wait to embrace our little one it will be a an epic reunion, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, as I was listening to you both talk, it reminded me of a couple of things that I have loved over the years. When I was a missionary, I became familiar a little bit due to some kind of conference talk with C.S. Lewis and his story about his wife passing away. And he has a book called A Grief Observed. And in that, Conlon, when you were talking about, you know, you imagine the way that you'll handle a situation like this, how you'll respond, but you never really know. And C.S. Lewis in that A Grief Observed said, 
You never know how much you really believe anything until its truth or falsehood becomes a matter of life and death to you. It is easy to say you believe a rope to be strong and sound as long as you are merely using it to cord a box. But suppose you had to hang by that rope over a precipice. Wouldn't you then first discover how much you really trusted it? And I think that's, you know, we don't, we just don't know until we're in a situation where we're relying on our faith in a way that we've never relied on it before. And, and I, I think that's one of the reasons that I admire the two of you is your faith stood ready for this experience. And I'm sure you don't feel that way, but that has been my impression. And then the other thing that it reminded me of when y'all were talking about your reunion and, and also about, you know, uh, the message, Rachel, when you were saying, you know, uh, the loved ones that have gone before us are waiting to, to welcome us home. And you all have probably heard the poem where Henry Van Dyke writes about standing on a seashore and seeing a ship go off until you can't see the ship anymore. And obviously it's still there, but it's gone from our sight. And then it refers to the ship as a she, but says just at the moment when someone at my side says there, she is gone. There are other eyes watching her coming and other voices ready to take up the glad shout. Here she comes. And that is dying. And I think that I just think that's a beautiful thought. The idea that just as much as we are heartbroken there are other people that have been waiting for that moment to welcome someone that they love home i wondered for you all as you've dealt with this experience with grief and you have older children who all love this baby so much how have your kids dealt with grief and what have you learned about helping children deal with grief well you know, I think we're still learning. I feel like we probably won't won't know until they're all grown up, and then they'll tell us how we messed up. But we're, gonna, <laughs> we're you know, we're doing the best that we know how, and relying on the spirit to help direct us. But so many people have given us different books and and uh, about grief and about you know how Jesus allows us to see our loved ones again and different things. And so those have been great that we've read with them and. But it's just interesting, you know, I mean, there's a wide range of ages, right? From two is our youngest one now that's right above Joshua and then all the way up to 10. So there's lots of varying degrees of understanding, you know, and sure. um, and they're all unique. Each child is unique. And so they all process things differently and and react in different ways. And so, and even at different times, right? Like they can change. And so, and same with us as we're processing grief. And so I think the biggest thing has just been to, to be patient and loving, just whether it's anger or whether it's crying, go cry with them, just hold them, you know, just so that they know that they're not alone. Like it's okay to miss him. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel whatever you're feeling, you know, but we continue to go back to our savior and, and to the promise of what is to come. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it shows the grief shows itself in so many different ways of sadness, of anger, of 
no motivation or I got to keep myself busy so much that I can't even think, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to that even within our family, um, we're trying to navigate and we're trying to be patient with one another and give each other some grace on, (laughs) on trying to figure it out because we all are dealing with it in different ways, but we know that we need the Lord constantly in this, you know, and, and we try to learn as much as we can about this. We even talk to a grief counselor to try to make sure that we're doing things fully, grieving fully and grieving properly. You know, we, we want to make sure that, that we're doing okay and trying to do the very best we can for our kids, for each other, for ourselves. And I know that the Lord has really offered so many great ways for our healing I love seeing my kids really process this in a way that allows them to come closer to the Lord. Our little girl goes up and bears her testimony. I don't think she's ever done that in a way where it's just her self-motivated way. Her her 10-year-old self just goes on up and bears her testimony about how we'll see our loved ones again how she'll see she talked about joshua and it was beautiful seeing prayers being made they each of our prayers feel a little different they feel like they have a an extra relationship with the lord like something has happened to where the lord gets it it's hard to kind of explain but in my experience i feel like the lord and i went through something together so it, it made our relationship even more tender. Um, uh, he knows that I've lost a son. I know that he lost a son <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's kind of helping me through it in a way, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's, it's made the relationship even more sweet uh, between Heavenly Father and myself. And my gratitude for Jesus Christ has amplified uh, to where I cannot wait to thank him for, for, for allowing us to be reunited again, uh, to have resurrection. I can hold him again. Yeah. And, you know, so many people gave us so many great ideas too. Like we were able to take some of Joshua's clothes and, and, and make a, a little bear out of them. So we have our little Joshua bear that our kids can go and hold, you know, and they feel like they, they want to give him a hug. And we have a little box that has some of his little, you know, things that we remember him with in there. And we're finishing up a little space in our house that, that was where he slept and we're turning it into our Joshua Oasis. So it has different things to remember him by. It has like a little heart shaped little waterfall to have some peacefulness that way. Mm. And uh, we'll have a digital picture frame where we can just sit in there and just look and all the videos and pictures of him whenever we want to feel close to him. So that's almost finished. So we're really grateful for everything that has everyone that has helped out and to make these things possible. Cause I think that they will be really helpful in helping our family to, to stay close to Joshua and keep his memory alive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And allow us to process the way that we need to process mm-hmm. and to support each other in that process. So if someone's in there, I look forward to just hugging them while they're in there. Uh, if they need space then I'll give them space, you know, but, uh, but at the same time, I'm so grateful that we do have each other 
in this process. We're not, we're not alone with each other. We're not alone with the many people who have reached out and offered their support, their service, their, their love and their prayers. Mm -hmm. It's been beautiful. Yeah. Really humbling. One thing that I have found interesting in interviewing people that have gone through difficult things is it seems like it kind of shifts your idea and your perspective of what it means to mourn with those that mourn when you experience it in action from the way that so many different people, I think people mourn with those that mourn in so many different ways. And so I wondered I've seen posts from different members of your family, but what has that support meant for you? And what have you learned about mourning with those that mourn? It tells me that the Lord knows us. He's there with us in every step of the way. So therefore, He'll send His wonderful, inspired angels with such great hearts to, to come comfort us, to, to mourn with those that mourn, mm-hmm. to do what Jesus Christ did. You know, when, uh, <laughs> when, you know, we think of, uh, Lazarus, you know, and, and he's, and Jesus Christ cries with, with Mary and Martha. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm so grateful for the people who have cried with us, who have prayed for us, yeah. who has served us in our home and given so much. Uh, I think the main thing is to, I mean, although like some things have been more helpful than others, I feel like when the spirit prompts you to do something, go and do it, you know, and don't let, don't let the fear of like, Oh, I don't want to say something wrong or whatever. Like, don't let that paralyze you into not doing anything because they will feel of your love and your desire to, to be there for them. And I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing. And now that we've gone through this, we want to be better at that. We want to reach out to people because we received so much love and kindness and, and we want to pay that forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Rachel has been so inspired lately to where, well, she's always inspired. Don't get me wrong, (laughs) but uh, she wants to serve those around us, even as, we have been served. We went on a, uh, on a trip. <laughs> when I say a trip, I mean, we got on the car. We just took a drive to find people who need blankets, you know? <laughs> and so we'd, we'd just drive around and we'd see somebody on this, on cold winter days, you know, or when the snow was falling, because over here in Utah, man, it just snowed randomly and got mm-hmm. really cold for when it should have been springtime. And so she put in some good blankets in the car and we just drove around and found people to, to give those to. And they were so grateful. It was like, uh, like heaven directed us to these people. Even when we passed up one, we're like, Oh, well maybe not that one. And then we come back and there that person was again, and we'd give it to them and they were so grateful for it too. So it was like, wow, you know, okay. The Lord knows what he's doing. Let's just keep on going. (laughs) So, um, I, I just love that, that, um, when we just do, when we just serve, uh, that's, that's where the Lord does his great work. Yeah. Like sister Hinckley said, you know, never suppress a generous thought. Hmm. And, and yeah, we've had people that we don't even know <laughs> complete, you know, people that we've never met in this life. Um, you know, come, come over, send us things, whatever, just so, so much charity. And it's just, it's been really beautiful and our hearts have been really full from yeah. that. 
Yeah. For sure. Well, and and I know you mentioned earlier that it's so fresh that you don't know long term, you know, how this will affect your family. But I also think when we go through hard things, and you mentioned this early on, Conlin, even just talking about your marriage, how you all have been through things that you never would have imagined going through. And I think those types of things are the things that have the ability to bring us together as couples or the ability to tear us apart. I wondered how has this strengthened kind of your respect for one another and and how has navigating this grief strengthened your marriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Colin has been amazing. You know, just from the get-go, like immediately after we realized that Joshua had passed on his first his first thought was Rachel would you like a blessing and um, he's been so patient with me because <laughs> you know it's like ups and downs all the time and, and just without warning just never know when they're going to hit but he's been so patient and uh, trying to pick up the slack you know when I'm when I'm <laughs> having a hard time and being patient with me when I'm grouchy for no apparent reason. He is, he's so amazing. I'm so grateful to have him. I can't imagine going through this without him. My mom, she always would say when she was growing up that she wanted to marry somebody who loved the Lord as much as she did. And so I made that kind of my goal too. And, and I found him that's all I need to know when we met. I knew that he loved the Lord and that he was going to put him first. And, and we've, been, we've had such a blessed life, <laughs> such a blessed marriage. And uh, yeah, it really is amazing. I love seeing him as a father. I love seeing just, he, is incredible. I'm not, I don't have a lot of really good words to express it, but he is amazing. And I'm, he's the best companion that I could have. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I, well, Rachel is the best. I, it's not, uh, I'm, if anything, I'm trying to make up for lost time, you know, (laughs) uh, because my gosh, uh, it, it hurts to, to see her hurting. Cause it's her, it's hard. You know, this is not a, this is not fun. You know, <laughs> no. it really isn't. And dealing with it is so tricky. I want to do something. Then she's like, no, I don't need to do that. You know, or she wants to do something. I'm like, no, I don't feel like I need to do that. So we, but, but we want to support each other, you know, <laughs> in, in everything. And, and so we're trying to navigate this, but at the same time, man, Rachel has been so inspiring with all of the the different things that she's teaching our children from this experience. Uh, I am so grateful to, to, to jump in on what she's saying. I'm like, yeah, what, and this is something else to consider, you know, as she is just leading. She has been so leading our family in teaching us about, about the eternal perspective that, the Lord's light is still shining even on a cloudy day. 
to where we can find his light in a jumble of mess. She has just been sharing these types of things on Facebook and, and finding different songs and different things that have been really teaching our family about how God works and how he is, uh, how he is continuing to guide us. And so I, I am so inspired by Rachel and I want to be a support and help to her to, to go through this process because I, she's, she's not alone in it. So I'll be that shoulder to cry on. I'll be that support as much as I can. And it's amazing because I've, I've never, man, this is weird because I've never, I don't cry very much. And, mm-hmm. and especially I don't like crying in front of Rachel. <laughs> but I have not cried so much in all my life. But Rachel has been there for me. And she is a, a, safe, a safety for me to, to express all my feelings. And so even that has broken a barrier for us, for me to be even that much more vulnerable mm-hmm. towards her and even towards my kids. I can be vulnerable. And so I feel like it has been a strength for all of us to, to see the heart of each one of us and how we are all dealing with it and that we need the Lord with it. And he's strengthening us through the whole process. So anyway, it's brought us definitely closer together. Yeah. And closer to the Lord. And I think because of each of us individually relying on the Lord, that's brought us even closer together too, as a couple. So that's really beautiful. But you know, something really funny, Morgan, is that one of our first dates, we went to go see the movie Tangled. Uh, And, uh, and in that, the end scene where she finally is reunited with her family and her dad just, you know, starts tearing up and gives her a big old hug. Conlon started tearing up in the movie theater. And I, was, <laughs> I you know, looked over him and I'm like, are you crying? You know? And that was so attractive to me. That was so cute that he was tearing up. And especially at that part of a father daughter moment, you know, and, and I just, I was hooked. I was like, okay, well, let's, See- Conlon, she's into it. So just <laughs> let it all out. Gosh, I never cried after that. I was like, this is so embarrassing. I know, I know. He really did. He like never cried in front of me ever again until until now. <laughs> so that's yeah. a that's an awesome story. Well, I I first of all think that that's it's so neat to be able to see even in like the hardest circumstances we see the way that people kind of. It, it changes us. And like you said, Conlon, just being able to open up in a way that you hadn't before, I think is, is a good thing to recognize. Rachel, you said in one of the things that I watched or read, you said that you feel like for the rest of your life, you will be waiting to hold your baby again. That feeling just I'm pregnant. So like the idea of like, thank you. Thank you. But like longing to hold a baby, you know, like that feeling waiting to hold a baby just makes me emotional, first of all. But it's also something the idea of waiting is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And what does waiting look like? How do we how are we waiting, but also being active, um, because I think faith, you know, is, is a principle of action. So what does waiting and specifically this waiting to be reunited with Joshua, what does that look like for you? 
Well, you know, I, I feel like patience has never really been my favorite virtue. And I neither. <laughs> <laughs> when I want to get something done, I get it done. I don't like wasting time. And uh, so this kind of situation where I have no control whatsoever is in, in the fact of how long I wait is uh, it's difficult. And so I have to, I feel like I've felt that I need to channel that energy into something else. And so, I mean, obviously, you know, I have five other children here still, and I have my husband and everything like that. But aside from that, I have just felt really impressed to, to serve more and, and to focus on being an instrument in God's hands, because that's all that matters. None of the other stuff in this world matters. We put so much emphasis on. But in the end, I want to, if anything good can come from this, then I want it to happen. (laughs) So, you know, if this experience, if anything that I can do can help someone else to come closer to the Savior or to their heavenly parents, then that's what I want to do. Because then I feel like that will make my weight worthwhile. And that, yeah, just us us being without our Joshua right now, it will be worth it. (laughs) You know, we can be, we can help Heavenly Father in His work and His glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. You know, he obviously doesn't really need us. He has all the power, <laughs> but, um, but he loves all of his children and he is not going to force anybody to come back to him, but so they have to choose it. And so if I can help in any way, I want to help because I want, I want my heavenly parents to get all of their children back possible because I can't imagine not having Joshua back in my life. That would be so, so painful. Can you imagine uh, <laughs> uh, Joshua on the other side, you know, and, and how happy he is to have a mom like that? You know? <laughs> I tell you. Seriously. He, he hit the jackpot. <laughs> a few years ago, Conlon, you were in a play called 1820 and I was lucky enough to get to go see it and I'll tell you my husband and I we still love listening to the soundtrack but it tells the story of the restoration of the gospel and there was a song when Joseph Smith received the revelation that little children didn't have the need to be baptized before the age of eight and Joseph and Emma Smith uh, had lost multiple children And the song is so full of joy because this is a dad who wants to be reunited with his kids and who knows what it feels like to to long to see their child again. I wondered that you all created a little slideshow. Somebody created a slideshow Mm -hmm. and did such a good job with pictures of Joshua set to that song. And I wondered, how have you drawn upon the faith of those that have come before us, like Joseph and Emma Smith, and also the comforting doctrines of the gospel in a way that maybe you hadn't previously throughout this experience? Oh, man. You know, if I could go back and and sing that song again and dance it like I did with uh, (laughs) the 18 20. Oh, that would be such joy because the doctrine in that 
that children are alive in Christ. They are not lost forever. Heaven has called them home. And they repeat that over and over. They are not lost forever. Heaven has called them home. I, I know that Joshua is there. Like He did what he needed to do here. And uh, heaven has called him home for a time so that now it's time for me to, to do what I'm supposed to do here. And then when the time comes, we'll be reun- reunited. And gosh, I, I am so grateful for Joseph Smith receiving that, that beautiful, beautiful doctrine. How, how sad it is to have a... a, a it, it hurts to imagine that children are lost forever. It hurts to think that you won't be with them for eternity when they are so innocent, when they are so, so whole, they're so good. Of course, little children are alive in Christ. You think about Jesus Christ and how much he loves little children. My goodness. So I'm just so grateful to, to hear and to know that truth. So grateful for Joseph Smith, so grateful for being able to sing that truth and to read that truth of how children are alive in Christ. Yes, we created that video. And uh, yep, can't get through it without crying. Me either. And, <laughs> and can't get through it without rejoicing and feeling so it excited. Makes want to stand up and just clap along. Yes. <laughs> it really is such a rejoicing. Yes. Yes. So we had that played and uh, a slideshow shown uh, even at his funeral and uh, with collages of pictures with him and uh, our family. Oh, he brought so much joy. And I love that he is still, his effect is doing so much good today. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yes, he is not lost forever. And I'm so excited to be reunited with him again. Rachel and Conlon, thank you so much for sharing your testimonies with us and um, with me and for your goodness. I think it radiates from you even through a computer, (laughs) not just in person. But my last question for you is, what does it mean to you to be all in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Oh, I love that question. (laughs) It's beautiful. All in. All in means giving your all to to make it back, to, to live with your Father in heaven, heavenly parents, with Jesus Christ again, to do your very best, live with your loved ones again, to live your... Uh, your best life, meaning no, what you know is right, to do, to do it, to do what you know is right. The Lord will be with you and he will support you along the way as you're striving to do and rely on him. For me, gosh, it means that the promises I have made with the Lord, I hold true to those. I hold true to giving my all to others in terms of service, in terms of forgiveness, repentance. It means uh, 
run to your Father in heaven and to Jesus Christ the best way you know how. <laughs> and uh, I know that as I do that, I will have the greatest life that I can possibly have because um, he's turning me into something that, that I can't even imagine right now. I want him to be able to turn me into uh, everything he wants me to be. And I know that's better than what I can create on my own. So allowing him to, to dictate my life because his way is better than my own. Beautiful. Yeah. All in a gospel of Jesus Christ to me means that there is nothing that would make me leave my savior. Nothing. It doesn't matter what happens to me or what other people do. I will not leave my Savior. I've promised that I'm going to stick to it. That's, I, I love that definition. And I, I completely agree. Rachel and Colin, thank you so much for your time and your testimonies. And, and it just, it means a ton to me. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share all these things. We are so grateful to Conlon and Rachel Bonner for joining us on this week's episode. Huge thanks to Derek Campbell of Mix It Six Studios for his help with this episode and every other episode that you've enjoyed of this podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to being with you again next week.